The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Honest Art Podcast. I'm your host, Jody King. As an artist for 20 years, instructor, speaker, author, and fellow rebel, I've worked with thousands of people around the world, from beginners to established artists, helping them create their strongest art and build a career doing what they love. So if you are ready to have a little fun while you learn about art, creativity, building a thriving art business, and living a bold, audacious life, you are in the right place. Also, if you're considering going pro in your art business, grab the PDF in the show notes on the five things they don't teach you in art school. All right, let's get messy. I don't think there's any creative person on this planet that's totally comfortable with getting feedback on their work. It's inherently anxiety provoking to hear others' thoughts about something that is so super personal to us. So artists, writers, actors, doesn't matter, you name it, whether it's positive feedback you don't feel like you deserve or negative feedback that feels a little too personal, it can all feel uncomfortable. But I'd like to suggest that receiving positive feedback alone can actually be detrimental to us, um, way more so than negative Early in my career, the only feedback I was receiving was very positive from friends and family. And that was awesome because they had great intentions. They were encouraging me in my dreams. But unfortunately, (laughs) it gave me a rather inflated sense of the quality of my art, especially in my abstract work. And it wasn't until I had an experience that showed me otherwise. I had a dear friend uh, who phoned someone she knew who owned a gallery, and the gallery owner agreed to meet with me in a few weeks to consider representing me. So when I got that call, I was so nervous and so excited, but for the next few weeks, I obsessed over which paintings to take and just how many I should bring. So I decided to bring three so as not to appear like too eager. And then I picked the ones that were my favorites, really based on nothing, but just like the ones I liked the best. I was crazy nervous when we arrived that day. I walked in with my friend who had previously purchased several pieces of art from that gallery which I later learned is why she agreed to see me. (laughs) Um, But regardless, the gallerist was very kind and very welcoming. Um, After she showed us around the gallery, she asked to see my art. So I went to the car and we, I returned with three pieces of the abstract work. And when she saw them, her face didn't change, like not even a little. There were no signs of being impressed in the least. But she carefully studied each piece before turning to me and said, I can see that you've got great potential, Jody, 
but unfortunately, there's nothing special about your art. I see this type of work all the time from new artists. Oh, I nodded and thanked her for her honesty and tried to conceal my embarrassment. So here's the question for you. Which of the feedback, the ones from my friends and family or the ones from the gallerist was the most helpful? Ready for the answer? Both. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about how we can learn to embrace seemingly, quote, negative feedback and to hold on to the positive feedback, but holding neither in too high of regard. Let's get started. All right, let's get started with the positive feedback. Positive feedback is hella important, especially in our early days um, or in the years, at least for me, it was years of second guessing every single freaking thing that we do. Hearing something positive can be the very thing that encourages us to just hang in there and hang in there. We must because it takes quite a while to be proficient at anything. You wouldn't assumed you were going to be excellent the first time you picked up an instrument, right? So it takes a lot of practice. Malcolm Gladwell talks about the 10,000 hour rule. He suggests that it takes an average of 10,000 hours to achieve mastery in just about anything. But the only problem I find with uh, Gladwell's model of the 10,000 hours is that without proper feedback, like on tips and techniques, especially, you know, as artists, we could spend those hours doing the same thing over and over again and believing it's good. Can, can you see me raising my hand over here? <laughs> so as an example, imagine you're learning to shoot a bow and arrow. You could spend three hours practicing alone and maybe only hit the target a few times or you could spend three hours with someone much more skilled who is giving you tips and feedback along the way. Which one is going to be the most valuable? So yeah, positive feedback is great, but it doesn't always help us make our art better, meaning it can actually hinder us in reaching our goals as soon as we'd like. So where it gets particularly sticky for us as creatives is that creating art is so deeply personal. Critiques or the negative feedback has caused, caused many of the artists to put away their paints and brushes, sometimes for decades. It happened to me in third grade, and I didn't pick up a brush again for almost 30 years. So what is an artist to do? All right, first, we have to acknowledge that we don't know what we don't know. And spending hours and hours alone in our studios and, I might add, alone in our heads certainly doesn't help. Next, we have to realize, every one of us, that we always have room to grow. So we have to be open to receiving constructive and, sadly, maybe even harsh feedback sometimes. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to put up with cruelty. In fact, we should never tolerate it. 
But um, I always like to keep that in mind whenever I offer art critiques. I try to be extremely mindful of three things. Number one, I try to be really mindful of the courage it took this artist to turn themselves inside out, to create this piece, and then to basically lay themselves bare for a critique. The second thing is I try to remember that giving only positive feedback doesn't help the artist grow. And the third thing I try to remember when I do art critiques is that the end of the day, my critique may simply be an opinion. And you know what they say about opinions. They're like assholes and everyone's got one. So the next thing we want to do is seek out feedback from artists or, or art professionals whose work you admire. So if if you're taking a critique from somebody whose art you don't even like anyway, why would you accept a critique from them, right? But it's not always easy for artists to find honest critiques, which is why I offer them um, regularly in some of my programs. As you've heard, getting feedback from friends and family doesn't necessarily help. So that's why I feel like it's so important uh, for me to be able to offer these critiques. In fact, next month, um, I'm opening up the Art Biz for Rebels again for artists who want to grow their art business. And within that program, I offer an art critique because we can't grow our business unless we have a great product. Okay, the next thing that we have to learn is how to articulate our intentions and our ideas about our art. And when I start a critique, I always say, you know, Amy, tell me about this piece. And I do that because oftentimes I will immediately look at an artist's work and honestly not care for it. But once the artist explains their intention, I'm able to see it often in a completely different light. It truly does make a difference. And just a side note, this is also um, the reason why a great title is important because that title can convey part of the intention around that piece. So being able to convey this is especially important also when you're pitching your work to galleries or to potential clients. Okay, the next thing we have to do is unfortunately, we have to get thicker skin. This can be particularly difficult because as artists and as creatives, we are the sensitive ones and we don't want to inhibit that because that's what makes us so good at what we do. We don't want to tamper down that sensitivity because we take in the world and that's what we turn you know, inside out and then we create art from that. But we have to think of negative comments or negative statements, um, you know, or critiques as room for growth in our art and not a commentary on us personally. So I know that's hard, but we really do have to separate the art from the artist. And finally, it's important to remember, remember, and I know you know this, and it's just a reminder, not everyone will like what we do, and that is okay. 
Art is subjective. That's honestly one of the most beautiful things about it. So it's, it's expected that you're going to be rejected in your art career. You, you actually can't avoid it. But don't let it stop you. Let it fuel you. Let it be the fire beneath you that helps you to create your best work. Because getting only positive feedback, it doesn't generally help us improve. I learned a tremendous amount from the gallery owner who told me that basically there was nothing special about my art. Because you know what? She was absolutely right. No one in my life wanted to, to break it to me. Nobody wanted to say that to me in that way. And in that moment, it may have been a bitter pill to swallow. But as usual, I washed it down with a margarita and decided to keep my ego and my stubbornness in check because she had literally nothing to gain from her critique. She had nothing to gain. But you know what? I did. That was one of the first times that I realized that I had not been making honest art. I was trying instead to make pretty art. I was trying to make art that would sell. And you know what? It was boring as hell. So having said all that, I want to share with you one of my favorite quotes by Georgia O'Keeffe. She says, quote, I have already settled it for myself. So flattery and criticism go down the same drain and I am quite free. This is where I am now, quite free. But that's not to say that my art couldn't use a good critique sometimes. Sadly, um, I think I tend to be my own worst critic. But all in all, here's what I want you to remember. You don't have to take 100% of the feedback that you receive. It's a million percent okay to take what resonates with you and leave what just doesn't. All right, until next time, take good care of yourselves and each other. Peace out. Have you been wanting to create incredible art that you're really proud of, only to feel deflated and disappointed by the outcome of your paintings? Trust me, I have been there many times, and that is why I created the color course for Rebels. I don't want any artist to fumble around the way I did, and the color course is on sale for a limited time, August 15th through 31st. This course will teach you the four essential things that all great art possesses, plus it will give you the tools to create your most energetic, honest art ever. The hundreds of artists who have taken the course consistently comment that it was a total game changer for them. So head to the link in the show notes to take advantage of the sale and get started creating your best, most powerful art. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.